hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends, where I continue with my friends, Julie Seibert and Reverend Angie McCarty in our Summer Lovin' series. So, yep, give them a beauty queen wave. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, kissing today, kissing like lovers do. But before we dive into that topic, ladies, I feel like it's only appropriate for us to pause and take a moment to honor a great iconic legend that we lost just this week. I find it so ironic that we're doing this summer loving series Mm -hmm. and the one who sang that song left this earth this week because of breast cancer. I remember Olivia Newton-John as being a class act and personally Uh I think that having her in my life growing up it was I don't remember her being like, you know, slutty or salacious. And I hate to even use those words because they sound so judgmental. I'm just simply saying she was liberating in a really excellent way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I loved Greece. I loved her in anything that she did, yeah. Xanadu and all of those. Um, I loved her music. And I think that if I remember correctly, she, her song, Have You Never Been Mellow, was kind of my way of getting in touch with my I actually I do have an introverted side believe it or not it helped me know that it was okay to feel a little bit melancholy and a little bit withdrawn alone in my room with my record player so Mm -hmm. what kind of impact did Olivia Newton-John have on you ladies was she as iconic in your mind as she was in mine yes I think that she is the one that I would attribute my love of musical theater to and musical movies because I wanted to be her and I wanted to wear the big long poodle skirts like her. And I think there's always this side of me too that wanted to date the bad boy, but I never did. I, I was I was that straight-laced girl. And somehow the movie Grease kind of gave me permission to at least consider coming out of that. Also, right. best breakup song ever from that movie is Hopelessly Devoted to You. So That's I right. can remember... Oh, middle school, high school, every breakup, sitting in my room, listening to that song over and over again, and just crying, getting the good cry out, and then moving on. Yeah, I would agree. I I think she's a really class act, and I think that she was a class act in her younger years, and a class act as uh, she grew older and had to face very difficult, hard battles. And um, I too loved Greece. I I have always said that I could be in the worst mood. And if I watch Grease, I'm better. <laughs> it is the right mix. It is the right mix of dorky and encouraging. And, you know, you, when you think about it, it's a movie about high school made with a bunch of people who were in their late 20s. <laughs> you know, Stockard Channing was like 27 when the movie was made. But it does. I just think she was such a bright spot in that movie, Olivia Newton-John. And um, just, uh, I love that throughout her life, she really just was a voice of hope and encouragement and uplifting and uh, just just a special soul. And so um, it's sad that we lost her, um, but so encouraging what she brought to so many. Yeah. I don't recall her name ever being associated with 
a scandal or negativity or no. she was a, a pleasant person and a positive influence on us all right. so thank you olivia newton john for imparting all that you did <laughs> to all of us ladies who grew up listening to your music and watching your movies we will probably continue to do that just because right like, we love it we just love it so okay ladies challenge question do you remember your first kiss Ah, uh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't. Okay, but I, so do tell. Do tell. I could go back to this in a heartbeat. Okay, tell it all. So I had. I I feel like like what are the podcast rules? Can I say the guy's name or should he be John Smith? I I I okay. to say his name when when it's my turn. So okay, go for it. So Drew. Not Andrew, Drew. not Andy. Uh, Drew. Okay, oh, Drew. We were in show choir together. I bet. And <laughs> we had been going out for like three months and hadn't kissed. I was in the seventh grade. He was in the eighth grade, right? And one day after school, by his locker, he kissed me. And wow. It and I can so vividly remember that I woke up the next morning thinking, did that just happen? Aww. Like it was a seismic <laughs> shift in my being. So were there people, kid. were there people around? What was set this okay. up at all? Were there okay. anybody around? I'm so around? glad you asked. And it's weird that you did. And we didn't prep this at all. Cause you're hearing this story for the first time. Okay. Right. So Jessica and Lynn were behind the lockers where he kissed me. This was outside. Okay. And they of course told everybody about it the next day. So everybody knew that Drew and Angie had kissed. So fast forward like 40 years. And when Jonathan and I, right, I know Jonathan and I start dating and he starts putting me on his Facebook page. Um, and my Facebook name is Angie Bass McCarty. Okay. Um, my maiden name Bass there is a woman who works at Church of the Resurrection, right? The largest church ever um, in United Methodism, who says, is that Angie Bass from Arizona? And I was living in Arizona at the time. It was okay. Lynn. Oh Lynn my behind gosh. the locker, Lynn. So now I work at the same church and have had many, many conversations with Lynn behind the locker, Lynn, and I love her. She's wonderful. Wow. And um, last February or February this year, I don't know, time has no meaning. Um, I went back to Arizona for a reunion of that show choir group. Um, and the the kids that went on to high school and, and were in speech and debate and drama and who was there. And it was so fun to talk to him and there was no um because we're That's both married funny. and it was just fun to revisit that um and I actually had his eighth grade school picture still and I gave it to him I didn't need okay. it anymore and he I didn't need it anymore. I didn't need it anymore <laughs> no I took it out from underneath my pillow right right <laughs> After and, it sat on your like night side table. Yeah. Oh years, yeah, for sure. I'm super, then, yeah. <laughs> super healthy like that. Um, no, I gave it to him and he was really grateful because he didn't have any pictures of himself from that era. So his Aww. kids had never seen him. What? Then. So See, I want to know the story behind that. Why does he not have any pictures? 
sad. Oh, oh goodness. So, you know, the, the moral of that story is never burn your bridges because you don't know 40 years later right. who's going to come back into your life at your place of business. That's right. That's so true. true. Yeah. True. Julie, how about you? There's my story. Beat that. I <laughs> Big shoes to feel eat- now. I can I cannot beat that Angie. I in my mind is flashing back to being like 12 years old and playing spin the bottle and truth and dare and all that. So I would say my first like real kiss would have been the guy I I dated in high school for a short time. Um but I don't remember anything really stellar about it. So I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> he's a nice enough guy but yeah my kiss does not my first kiss doesn't stand out like that I can think of several kisses since then that I could point to but not my first doesn't doesn't stand out so I can't I can't top Angie's story and Drew and Lynn behind the locker (laughs) no I do want to clarify though not to throw Drew under the bus that my first kiss with my husband just blows all of that Oh, there we out of go. The water. I mean, okay. Yeah, like the best kiss ever in my entire life. I love that. For the so first still, time. That is nice. Yeah. Still get that surreal feeling when when Jonathan kisses you. <laughs> Every single time. I'm I'm that. not kidding. It's I amazing. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I would also have Bannon. to say that that Charlie is his kisses are off the charts better than anybody that I've ever kissed, but. Uh, my first kiss was under duress, um, truth or dare game in the back of the school bus, other kids building a wall between the school bus driver's eyesight and what was going on in the back seat. But I did have a little bit of a crush on Johnny Watson was his name. And, uh, wow. I just, I, I remember even I last actually, names. Okay. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember the feeling of, how the kiss felt like having a tongue in your mouth. And, you know, it was a little weird when I was, I was in the sixth grade, I think, but I, I distinctly remember though, the following year in seventh grade, when I actually had my first real reciprocal boyfriend and how different that felt, that wasn't awkward at all. And his name was Lance. And I actually saw him at a reunion, uh, not too long ago. And I had an opportunity to thank him for being such a sweet first boyfriend experience because there was nothing Aww. inappropriate about it. it. It was, it was two seventh graders who were just crushing on each other big time. We had matching cards. We walked each other to class, but the following year, I told him that following year, eighth grade was when my uncles got very inappropriate with me. And I said, if that had been my first like kissing experience or type of thing, that would have scarred me much deeper but because I right. had that experience with Lance to kind of draw from about, you know, who I really am and what I really want and, and deserve and all that kind of stuff. I just think that it made me a stronger person. I think that anytime we can look in our rearview mirror at the things that we've experienced in life and recognize that yes. some of the most innocent, natural, organic experiences of our life actually made us stronger in hindsight. I just love how God can show us that, can just reframe things and be like, you know what? I allowed that for a reason. So for sure. Definitely. Let's dive dive into heating things up with kissing like lovers do. Um, I want to say 
that I have identified the one thing that will make a big difference in how I perceive the kiss. If it's a positive kiss or if it's just a, a like an obligatory kiss or whatever, yeah. is the speed. That when Charlie slows right. down and takes his time and I don't feel like he's in a rush and I actually have the opportunity to feel his breath on my upper lip and that makes me melt how about y'all what what is the one element that you think really makes a difference for you in how you enjoy that kiss or not I would piggyback on that like and say that it's reciprocal so like there's that back and forth so like it's really clear you both want to be there like that that's kind of the magic space for me it's you know because sometimes I mean let's face it like sometimes like one person's head space is in it like and the other person isn't so I just think it's real special and tender when you're both really intentional and it's kind of that kissing back and forth is going on yeah And of course, I'll add to both of you, for me, the speed and the tenderness and mutuality of it, I would describe as, as having the ability to feel Jonathan's lips Mm -hmm. and to really um, be present in that space to the point where I can, where I am sensing his lips on mine. Mm-hmm. Now, we should also acknowledge that there is definitely a time for the peck. And if I have to choose between no kiss at all before he runs out the door and a quick little peck, I want the peck. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, pecks have, um, it's have their place. Yes. yes. Pecks have their place. Hmm. <laughs> Just sounds, <laughs> sounds like a meme. Uh, sounds like a sticker. That sounds like that could morph into something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Just yes. can. <laughs> I really appreciate kissing at the beginning of the day and also at the end of the day Ooh. and being able to count on that and right. knowing that no matter what happens during the day, when we lay down in bed, there's going to be that kiss before we say goodnight. Yeah. It's like bookends. Yes. It's bookends on the day. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And in like some a sunrise ways, and a sunset. They both have yeah. their place. And mm-hmm. Both are beautiful. And yeah, I like that sealing the day and starting the day and sealing the day with a kiss. Yep. And and choosing me at the beginning of the day and the end of the right. day is also what that communicates to me. Mm, I like that. Right. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I encourage couples to experiment with when kissing is not a regular part of their repertoire and maybe I mean it's, it's really hard to coach a couple into really great vibrant sex when great vibrant kissing isn't happening I just feel as if that is such right. a necessary part of organic foreplay but sometimes couples just have not found their kissing groove and it's usually because one of them has a secret complaint that maybe they've never found the courage to verbalize for fear of hurting their mate's feelings. I would rather my mate tell me that I'm doing something that is not so great to them than to keep it a secret for me to not hurt my feelings. Cause then they're not going to want to kiss me. So right. 
called a mirroring kiss, which basically, I mean, I think that I've seen this in some movies where girls practice kissing on a mirror just to see what they look like when they're kissing someone. But you, you don't kiss a mirror. You you kiss your partner and you tell them only mirror back to me exactly what I'm doing. So don't stick your tongue out until I stick my tongue out and only go as far as I go. And you know, the the rate, the speed, the pressure, um, the um what's the word that I'm looking for? Um the intensity of of like they yeah. have to match that. Yeah. And the wetness. I, I think that yeah some people just find an excess of saliva just too distasteful. And when they feel like they have to pause and wipe their face off, that's right. not such a great vibe. But again, you have to tell your mate <laughs> right. that you have to tell them that you like, or that uh -huh. you prefer a drier kiss or some, somewhere in the middle of a dry kiss and a wet kiss. Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing I would say too, about the, the, to kind of build on what you're saying, Shannon, on the, um, I think sometimes it's good to communicate to that it's okay to have a passionate kiss. Like sometimes people misread that. So like being able to say to your spouse, you know, sometimes I just want a passionate kiss or I want to passionately kiss you. It doesn't mean I'm trying to get you into the bedroom. It doesn't mean yeah. I'm trying to interrupt what you're doing right now. It can be in and of itself an expression of, um, I love you. I desire you. I'm not saying this has to go someplace right now, but this is how, I mean, let's cause face it, our spouse is the only one that we have those kinds of passionate, deep, um, uh, kisses with. So, uh, I think sometimes I know with my husband, sometimes I've had to clarify because he's interpreted my passionate kisses that I want something more right then. Mm. And I have to sometimes say, no, it's just, I'm just expressing how I feel. And it, it can be its own thing right now. This it's own a rain self check. It, it, the rain it, check. It's yeah. foreplay for later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a promissory note. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, let's talk about moving beyond. I mean, we're insinuating that kisses are always on the lips. Not right. When you read Song yeah, of Solomon, true. it's got some pretty salacious kisses on other body parts. I frequently mm -hmm. quote that scripture. What's it? I think it's a collection of scriptures that I put in the Sexually Confident Wife. I delight to sit in my lover's shade. His fruit mm -hmm. is sweet to my taste. Come and blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread abroad. Angie, as a biblical scholar, do you agree that those are references <laughs> to genitalia and oral stimulation? Well, it would be hard pressed to call me a biblical scholar. Pastor does not equal biblical scholar, no. but I do read a lot about Song of Solomon um, because it's usually not included in the church's teachings about sexuality because there's very good uh, scholarly evidence that these are not two people who were married that they were not betrothed, that <laughs> this is, I mean, now you understand that in biblical interpretation, it's a spectrum, right? right so there right. are going to be people who say that no, yeah. they were married or, or about Song of Solomon, especially that this is 100% an allegory right. about Christ's passion for the church yeah. or God's passion for 
God's people. Um, but on the other side, there there is good evidence that this is all about physical passion. And yes, I completely agree with you, Shannon. Um, I I am always hesitant to say when we read something in scripture that it that it correlates 100% with our culture and our activity and culture. But I would say that, um, that kissing on other parts of the body, especially genitalia through oral sex, that, um, that that is very healthy between consenting partners. And that's the key Um, word, consenting right there. Consenting. Right. 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 Well, and I would say too, that like, even before we get to the genitalia, like if we can argue that it's okay to kiss our spouse's neck or to kiss, you know, there's a lot of erogenous zones where um, the use of your mouth and your tongue um, are a huge turn on for both um, husbands and wives. And so I think there's no arbitrary line. Like it's very hard to argue like, okay, the it's fine for a husband to kiss his wife's breast but then he can't um kiss her vagina and can't so i i am in the camp of the uh, back to the consenting as long as these are are two people a husband and wife who um find that arousing and pleasurable and uh are mutual with that then i think yeah yeah I, and I think Song of Songs very much references um, right. oral sex. I think uh, that it's safe so the to key say is that... the key is the communication. The key is the communication. Like how how well are you communicating to your spouse what turns you on? I had a good friend who she just it was not arousing to her to have her neck kissed, and so she had to communicate that to her husband. For some reason, that was more of a turnoff to her. Um, but it just. Yeah, it so it just has to do with like good communication and then like the type of kissing and touching. So like a light with the tongue may be a huge turn on or it may be ticklish. It may be like, oh, that's just like freaking me out. <laughs> so um, good communication. What were you going to say, Shannon? Um, well, I already lost that, but <laughs> what I was going to say, I, I was actually just thinking about how I love when we're riding down the, down the road in the car and, and we're holding hands and every once in a while, Charlie will pick up my hand and put it right. to his mouth and like, just kiss the, my super sexy, I, oh, or, yeah. or put his mouth yeah. around my finger and oh yeah, yeah super sexy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I think both, I think husbands and yeah husbands and wives can both speak to that 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 the whole like what you do with your mouth and really there's science behind this this is why babies put stuff in their mouth yes like our mouth there's a whole science behind this why our mouth like there's so many nerve endings and ways that we perceive our world right um through our mouth and that's as true in a sexual context with a husband and wife in a marriage that that kind of yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. I think Shannon, that do you remember? Say, so I think that it's safe for us to say that there is nothing forbidding any type of oral, sexual, intimate, arousing activity in marriage. There's nothing forbidding that because there are some people who believe that 
that oral sex is of the devil and that this is a, a lustful thing that they do in pornography and should never be allowed in the marriage bed. And I completely and wholeheartedly disagree. And I can tell by you shaking your ball cap there that you would concur, Angie. I, right. I concur. I also want to add, um, I remember Shannon, when you and I were doing education in the purity movement that we use James Dobson's 12 steps to intimacy or the 12 stages of intimacy, which start with, you know, hand-to-hand contact, and then there's face-to-face contact, and it, it moves um, to genital-to-genital contact. Um, and there, it, there was also this, was also one of them. Mouth-to-genital was one of them. And so the whole point of the activity is where are you going to stop before you're married? Um, and and I'm surprised, not surprised, because not much surprises me anymore, but um, there's this camp of thinking that only intercourse is what should be saved for marriage. My thought about that, um, it has to do with the intimacy of mouth to genital contact. You can't tell me that that is less intimate mm-hmm. than genital to genital contact it's so more intimate about, uh, yeah it is in so many ways um yeah I mean, what we do with our face and our mouth is um is almost more um vulnerable mm-hmm. than well particularly for if you think about for a husband i mean mm-hmm. that like the yeah you have yeah, to i think like, it goes really, both ways i think it, it i think that women can be just no, as freaked I, out about right, giving right but i'm just a man for some be. yeah but no i think for some men like the fact of like um you know just the fear of like pain is she gonna like clench oh. down that sort of thing <laughs> so that's what i was talking about like but i think that like yeah it's a hugely vulnerable place yeah. uh for both uh, a woman and a man like to be that vulnerable and yeah i'm in the camp of that oral sex is sex I, I, am. Oh, it, yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I believe that way back in the Clinton and Monica Lewinsky era, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you had sex, you call it oral sex for a reason, but, right. uh, mm-hmm. and let's just, let's put out there that, um, that women who struggle to orgasm during sex, during intercourse, right, this, right, this will get you there. It is often the magic if he knows what he's doing, but a man does uh-huh, have yeah. to know what he's doing. Yep. So I have to, to kind of toss in a little nugget here for the person who's listening to this and thinking there's no way, there is no way that I could ever be comfortable with my mate putting their face between my legs. I would simply say just because it's not forbidden in scripture, we're not saying that it's prescribed in scripture either. I think that there's definitely freedom in the marriage bed to do what brings you life and pleasure and joy. And if that doesn't, we understand that and that's okay. But on the flip side of that coin, I would also say, please consider coming to one of my workshops or doing some one-on-one with some sort of counselor or coach somewhere, because that represents something to you that that representation could change. I've seen it happen over and over with people that they assume that the way that they have always felt about something is the way that they're always going to feel about something. But when you unravel what it represents to them and why and what that's rooted in, it's very, very different. For example, it was a woman who was at a workshop several years ago and she had been sexually abused 
at a very young age by a very old man. And she distinctly remembers the smell. Well, she was like four or five, like nobody had taught her to cleanse down there. And anything that you don't cleanse is going to develop a little bit of a smell. And so she just had it stuck in her head. I stink and no one should want to be down there. And so she brought Mm. that notion into marriage and her husband had tried to tell her, if you've just gotten out of the shower, I don't find it unpleasant in the least. And so she had to get that message out of her own head and relax and receive. And now she loves oral sex. And so it's so cool to see people evolve into someone who can receive what I believe is your birthright. I believe that it is our birthright to receive all the sexual pleasure that our bodies are capable of experiencing and receiving that in a safe, life-giving marriage relationship is like off the charts god's greatest gift to us in my opinion next to salvation of course (laughs) well and i would say too that like i it is so encouraging shannon that you say that people can change their mind about something and they can change their narrative and their framework and their context of of how they always saw something that they can they can create a new narrative a healthier narrative and I remember a friend, you know, back to this kissing, like even like a passionate kiss. I know we've been talking about oral sex, but some people would say, well, my, my spouse and I, we never passionately kiss. We just don't do that. And I remember a friend saying to me once, she, she said, you know why people say they're not huggers? They don't hug. Like, so meaning like it, sometimes we have to like break through the comfort zone a little to Um, like, so if you say we never passionately kiss, well, maybe if you would passionately kiss more, like it would change that narrative. Um, so same thing when someone says, oh, I'm not a hugger. It's like, I always want to know the story behind the story. So if someone were to say like, oh, we don't, we don't ever, you know, kiss passionately. I'd kind of want to know what is that? What's the story behind that? Like, is it because you're uncomfortable, you're nervous, you're afraid you're going to do it wrong? Or is there a backstory, like from a past relationship or an abuse situation? Like try to like get to the heart of, uh, because I think we three agree, there's something amazingly powerful about um, that ability to kiss passionately and to experience that and to receive it. Yeah. You know, not just to be able to give that to your spouse, but also to receive that. To reciprocate um, that energy. Absolutely. To reciprocate, yeah. Three things come to my mind as we you know, we were just on the topic of hygiene a little bit. I know that I've worked with people who say that they don't like kissing their mate because they're smokers. There right. are those that don't like kissing their mate because they have horrible coffee breath. And there are those mm-hmm. that don't like kissing their mate because their oral hygiene is just really not great. Yeah. So I think that probably a good way to wrap up this conversation is a reminder that if what you want and what you crave is an exchange of positive vibes and energy through kissing, through oral intimacy, hygiene is a must because right above our mouth is our nose and when the nose is is under attack and and feels like there's an offense happening your mouth is not going to like totally 
press in and relax and totally get into it. So there's a reason that they make mouthwash and Altoids and toothbrushes and toothpaste and on, yeah. on the, and, the and same feminine thing. wash and feminine sprays and exactly. Yeah, well, and it's not just feminine. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure there's the male version too, or there should be. Generally speaking, some- like, yeah, come to bed clean or come like the more you take care of. And I think it just shows good consideration for your spouse. Mm. So if we start getting really laxed about those things, like think about like, this is the person I cherish and I want to be close to. So if you both can come to it with that kind of consideration, and um, I just think it lowers our inhibitions too. When we have you're, good, you're more confident um, when you're clean, you're more confident when you're clean, when you're, when your mouth is clean, when you smell good, when your body is clean. Um, now I'm not saying there aren't times when you have wild, crazy, sweaty sex, when you just, whatever, seize the moment, that's a different, but I also, different that's topic a different for another thing. day. <laughs> that's a different topic for another day. But I do think there's a lot to be said for good hygiene and what that does for our intimacy. Yeah. And I would also include the whole pubic care thing. If you want your right. mate to eat a picnic on your lawn, mow the grass. <laughs> it's just all, it's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? You got nothing else? Nothing more? <laughs> I, would, drop right I'll add, I will add wax the grass. And if you want to surprise someone, wax it down to a landing strip. Oh, that would, that would, I did the, the, well, I did the Brazilian wax thing just because I had people ask me about it. So I'm like, well, I'll go do it and then I'll blog about it. So I did. And because I was with some friends once and a married couple, and they were saying we were out like in a social setting and the, the, we were talking, the women, we were talking about Brazilian waxes and her husband happened to walk up at that time. And he was like, so hot. Like for him, it was like a huge turnout. Now I've heard other people say, I want to be with a woman. I don't want like the no hair thing. Right. That's like a turnoff for me, whatever. But I would say that good grooming um, can help lower those innovations for both husbands and wives. Good grooming both both ways. So Absolutely. let's clarify for those of your listeners who might not know what a Brazilian is, and it's right. not a common thing to talk about. So the, a Brazilian is all hair off, right. labia all, included, yeah. um, and even back to yeah. the anus yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and, and I have had that done many times and, and it has been a big turn on for both of us. Right. Um, it feels, but, things feel different. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I never wanted to go completely bare in front because I wanted to feel like a mature right. woman. And so yeah. when I said landing strip, that's like yeah. being just a little strip down the middle. Yeah. So just clarify that. I did. When I had my Brazilian done, I, I used it as an opportunity. The journalist in me asked the, the gal all kinds of questions. Oh, and it, yeah. it was, it was fascinating to hear like different kinds of clients she gets and stuff. But anyway, we're off yeah. topic a little bit. We are. Well, I, I just, just have to say, I have tried it so that I could write about it. Right. I've never felt anything so painful in my entire life <laughs> until I got my tattoo, of course. But Angie, does it get easy? Like if you, I heard that the more you do it, the less painful yeah. it is. Okay. Yes, that, it does. The hair gets softer. It grows in thinner. 
it definitely, um, and it matters where you go and what yeah. kind of wax they use. Yeah. So there's this whole, I mean, you gotta. Yeah. Well, and if you ask, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do one for the first time and you call a reputable place, tell them it's your first time yeah. and they'll put you with, um, someone who's a very gentle. good. That's, I told them it was my first time and they're like, oh, we'll put you with so-and-so. And she was great. And she would tell me everything she was doing. And she's like, okay, here's the money shot. Meaning like she prepared me of like, like here's, she's like, this is the one, <laughs> but yeah. So just, if you're thinking about doing any kind of waxing and you call a place that does that, tell them it's your first time and they'll put you with somebody who is experienced. Okay. And if waxing is just outside of your comfort zone, that does not mean that you're not a sexually confident person. It just means that you oh, have right, a pain right. threshold and what you're willing to endure. I find that just shaving it down to like a burr haircut level where it yeah. doesn't get, if you shave it all the way to the skin, it's going to get incredibly itchy in the next two days. But if you just keep it a really low burr haircut type, you feel the sensations, but you don't have to go through the right. pain. So there you go. They got a bonus session today on, <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. Sex hygiene. <laughs> I know we start out with kissing in the back of school buses and behind lockers and all that kind of stuff. And we wind up with trimming your grass and Brazilian, Brazilian waxes. <laughs> There you go. So you there can, you go. You never know what you're gonna get with us. Exactly. You can't say that you didn't get your money's worth out of this episode since you're not paying for it. <laughs> we so are enjoying the summer living series. We hope that you are to join us next time as we talk about exploring like lovers do. We love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. <laughs>